Well, well, well. Welcome to your favorite Thursday podcast. I'm Nick Mitchell. And I'm Scott Tedford Barnes. And you are listening to Legends of Sports Ball, an educational celebration of useless jock knowledge. Thank you for joining us. We have a very special episode today, don't we, Scotty? All the special, all the episode. All the time. Today is Thursday, July 27th, 2023. It is Bagpipe Appreciation Day. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) Of all the nonsense holidays that we don't need, we needn't this one the most. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The dumbest holiday for the dumbest instrument ever made. In my opinion, I just, I mean, they're obnoxious. Bagpipes are obnoxious. I know they're really difficult to play, but just gross. It's taking the recording the recorder way too seriously. It's like getting past second grade and you have to, you know, level up to bagpipes eventually. I don't know. How do you get there? (laughs) You know, that's ambitious, but there are some sweet uh, tool covers on bagpipes though. (laughs) I do know that. Uh, I don't know why I know that. I'm not going to disclose that. (laughs) All right. We will start with our scoreboard stumper. We've got our flex seal. We've got two notable jabronis. We'll get to our Hall of Fame inductee, Brooks Kieschnick. We'll get our scoreboard stumper answer. We will play Chasing the Mendoza line. We will go to church. We've got a shampoo, and we'll send you on your merry little way. So without further ado, hit me with that scoreboard stumper. Scotty. All right. Third basemen are the least represented members of the Baseball Hall of Fame. How many are there in the Baseball Hall of Fame now that Scott Rowland has been inducted? Are there 15, 18, or 20? Because they don't allow a lot of people into the Baseball Hall of Fame because the writers are a bunch of jerks. Jerks! I'm going to go with the low. I'm going to go with 15. All right. And we'll get that stumper answer after the Brooks, the Brooks Kieschnick induction. Moving on to this week's Flex Seal of the Week. Hi, Phil Swift here for Flex Tape, the super strong waterproof tape that can instantly patch, bond, seal, and repair. Each week, we recognize a franchise transaction that in no way fills the needs of the organization. This week's Flex Seal of the Week is. Baltimore Orioles, Shintaro Fujinami, um, a 10-year veteran of Japanese baseball. Um, he was signed by the A's at the start of the season in spring training. So, And they used him as a starter. Uh, and his first four starts as an A, he was 0-4 with a 14.4 ERA. Yeah. And... Um, and they gave up Easton Lucas, a pitching prospect who was recently promoted to AAA after posting a 1.59 ERA in AA. Yeah. Which seems like maybe, because he's now a relief pitcher, uh, Fujinami is at this point. Uh, it almost makes more sense that they would, you know, develop Easton Lucas and call him up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, don't you have some more stats you wanted to read Yeah. Um, first of all, he's pitched 51 innings this season. He has give up, given up 50 earned runs. <laughs> and how many walks? <laughs> and 30, 33 walks. That's almost a walk. Like, yeah. Jeez. And he's got, um, he's got 52 strikeouts. But I mean, like, 
Right now, his ERA is sitting at 8.82. <laughs> you give up a pitching prospect for a guy with an 8.82 Yeah, in two in two-thirds innings of work, <laughs> in his most recent <laughs> recent game, he had one hit, two earned runs. <laughs> Jesus. On two walks and one strikeout. All Damn within walks. two outs. Wow. Wow. A feeling we will not be inducting Shintaro anytime soon. Hopefully he can turn around, or maybe he can get like Jabroni Hall of Fame. Who, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> they might see him in November. <laughs> Which is a reminder, uh, don't forget, November is Jabroni History Month. And with that being said, let's move on to our next uh, segment, Notable Jabronis. Uh, first Notable Jabroni, Vikings rookie, wide receiver. Before even seeing the field in a regular season game. Nope. Uh, Jordan Addison was cited for driving 140 miles per hour. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why? We'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, gracious. I mean, we, we originally were like, do we shampoo this guy? No. We were like, congratulations. Like, is that impressive or... <laughs> But after we were like, well, with the Henry Rugg stuff, no. Oh, yeah. So what's the added Henry Rugg stuff? So thing? the added Henry Rugg stuff, remember, like, Henry Ruggs um, was drunk driving and what was 100, going 121 miles per hour when he uh, crashed into a woman and, and fatally crashed into her. Uh, for her. She died. She and, died, um, and he's, he's still alive. Still alive. Uh, he tweeted, someone get that guy a beer. <laughs> Zero chill. Zero chill about no it. No class. No class. No cooth. <laughs> Uncouth. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, well, you still haven't seen the field at all, man. You're the tw- you're the number twenty three draft pick in the in this most recent draft. Uh, yeah, I'm sure the the team's going to take action against that too. Goodness gracious. All right, our next notable jabroni, uh, Rodney Thomas, the father of the, the Colts player by the same name, was arrested in Pittsburgh for killing a bald eagle. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, they say that bald eagle population has quadrupled yeah, but this since is America. 2009. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what were you doing? I mean, same th- same reason. Why are you going 140 miles per hour? Also, why are you killing a bald eagle? <laughs> Try doing that in a small town. <laughs> maybe, maybe he was. Maybe maybe Rodney Thomas the second's father was going 140 miles also, <laughs> and he hit a bald eagle. <laughs> Rodney Thomas Senior. Come on, Yen. All right, uh, let's move on to our Hall of Fame inductee. Brooks Kieschnick. Brooks Michael Brooks Kieschnick was born June 6, 1972, in Robstown, Texas, to parents Michael and Karen, who named him after baseball legend Brooks Robinson. Brooks attended Mary Carroll High School in Corpus Christi, Texas, where he became both a solid pitcher and hitter enough to earn himself a scholarship to the University of Texas at Austin. Kieschnick showed no signs of freshman jitters in the 1991 season. As a pitcher, he posted a record of seven wins in just one loss with a 2.58 ERA earned run average, but that's only half of it. As a left fielder, he had a 358 batting average with 14 home runs and 66 runs batted in 
and Brooks was awarded Freshman Player of the Year by Baseball America. Good start. Nice. Brooks had another stellar season in his sophomore year, batting 345 with 10 home runs and 68 RBIs. He also honed his craft while towing the rubber, posting 11 wins and three losses with a 3.13 ERA and 81 strikeouts. Brooks led Texas to a College World Series and won the Dick Hauser Award, given to the Collegiate Player of the Year. In his junior year, Kishnick improved yet again, rounding out his pitching line with a 16-4 record, a 3.25 ERA, and 126 strikeouts. Definitely improved. Brooks and the Longhorns again made it to the College World Series, and for the second consecutive year, he was awarded the Dick Hauser Trophy, the only player to ever win it twice. Major League Scouts revered Brooks as the most versatile player in college baseball, and Kishnick decided to forego his senior season of college to enter the MLB draft. The Chicago Cubs selected Brooks 10th overall in the 1993 MLB draft, with head scout Al Goldis proclaiming Brooks was, quote, the best hitter in the country. However, the Cubs did not want Brooks to pitch at all, valuing his offense as their priority. Quote, oh, I'd love to hit and to pitch. That would be awesome. But I'm in the hands of the Cubs, noted Brooks. Kieschnick progressed well through the Cubs farm system. And by 1995, he led all of AAA ball with 23 home runs and a solid 295 batting average. Brooks made his major league debut on April 3rd, 1996. But unfortunately, he wasn't meant to stay at the big league club for long. And he did not record his first major league hit until April 7th. Late in the 96 season, Brooks was recalled from AAA and hit his first career home run on September 24th off Cincinnati's Kurt Lyons. Brooks had a great spring training in 1997, but was again sent to the minors to start the season. Said Brooks, I wonder how many more numbers I have to put up to make them realize I belong. Well, Brooks did make it back to the majors, and in 39 games in 1997, he batted 200 with two doubles and four home runs and 12 RBIs. (laughs) Mendoza! At the end of the 97 season, Brooks was selected with the 64th pick of the 97 expansion draft by the Tampa Bay Rays and was regarded as just another underachieving Cub. (laughs) What followed to be known as his wilderness years... (laughs) Brooks never made a major league start for the Devil Rays, instead playing for a mix of the St. Petersburg Rays, the Durham Bulls, and the Edmonton Trappers in his two years in the organization. Go Trappers. (laughs) Tampa actually loaned him out to the Anaheim Angels for the majority of the 99 season, and at season's end, he became a free agent and signed with the Cincinnati Reds. As a Red, he had a major league stint of 14 games, but in 13 plate appearances, he never garnered a hit. Brooks then packed his bags again and became a member of the Colorado Rockies in, 20, in 2001, where he played 45 games at the major league level, collecting 10 hits and 42 at-bats with three home runs. Following the season, Brooks had a cup of coffee with Cleveland, but ultimately went to the Chicago White Sox and radically changed his career from hitter to pitcher. Brooks spent the entirety of the 2002 season in the minors, appearing in 25 games as a relief pitcher and one as an outfielder, and over 40 as a designated hitter. As a reliever, he was 0-1 with a 2.59 ERA in 31-plus innings, and it seemed to help his hitting as he hit 13 home runs with a 275 batting average and 189 at-bats. Kieschnick signed with the Milwaukee Brewers prior to prior to the 2003 season 
and the Brewers were happy to use his versatility. Brooks struggled on the mound, posting a 1-1 record with a 5.26 ERA in 42 games. In his 53 innings of work, he struck out 39 while walking only 13 batters. Things went well at the plate as he batted 300 with 12 runs batted in and seven home runs in 70 at-bats, wow. becoming the first player to ever hit home runs as a pitcher, DH, and pinch hitter in the same season. Brooks spent much of the 2003 season on the injured list, forcing his pitching to be put on hold, but his hitting tailed off as he totaled just one home run. Kieschnick was released and signed with the Houston Astros, and in their minor league systems, he hit 327 and compiled a record of 2-4 and four with a 5.12 ERA. Brooks decided to retire in 2006, but the same year, he was inducted to the base- College Baseball Hall of Fame. And in 2009, his number 23 was retired by the University of Texas. Brooks Kieschnick played in an era that wasn't ready for someone of his versatility and skill set but he paved the way for Shohei Otani and every little leaguer who aspires to be both. And for that, he is a legend. Truly a legend. We all remember that kid on our team who could play both. Yeah, I mean, shoot. I, I remember when he first was coming up with the Cubs, uh, me and my friends were, like, obsessed with him. Yeah. We thought he was, like, if anything, because of what happened with Brooks Kieschnick, I never believed in Otani. I really, like, when he first got here, I was like, there's no way he can do both. Right. I've seen... I've seen guys who were supposed to be able to do it and seem like they were going to do it, just not be able to. So, um, yeah. you know, a cautionary tale. <laughs> <laughs> the cautionary tale of, G- of Brooks, Brooks Kieschnick. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I didn't realize how many teams he played for. Do you do that um, Immaculate Grid? Oh, I didn't do an Immaculate Grid of it. <laughs> no, no. Have you heard of the Immaculate Oh, no. Oh, or like basically, like it's a grid where you have to like pick a player who's played for both these teams. I'll show it to you later. But if you do the immaculate grid, Bruce Kieschnick could be like filled in for almost any spot. It looks like because he played for so many teams. Yeah, he he really like bounced all over the place. And the fact that like yeah, everyone saw his potential. That's why. I mean, I think everyone wanted to take a, a stab at him. Well, I mean, yeah, it it, it was funny because in two thousand two, he was. Um, Voted as the number one player of on all time for University of Texas baseball, the greatest Texan of all time. Like, yeah. So, like, they he clearly like jumped completely off the charts in college. Yeah, and it just was never much better. Yeah, I just wonder if it was just like coaching or his own work ethic. I think maybe it had to be his own attitude when you're hitting like two hundred and complaining that you're not getting a shot with the major league team. You know, maybe you're not putting the work in. Right. <laughs> I don't <like>. really know. <laughs> Brooks Kieschnick, truly a legend. All right, without further ado, hit me, baby, one more time with that scoreboard stomper, Scotty. All right, third baseman are the most underrepresented members of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Now that Scott Rowland has entered the Hall of Fame, how many are there? 15, 18, or 20? I said 15. Now 18. 18 now. 18. I'm trying to think of how many I could name. Obviously, Pete Rose isn't in there. <laughs> but I know, you know, besides Roland, I got to say Ken Caminiti's probably in there. Um, Mike Schmidt, Wade Boggs. I don't know if 
Mattingly's in there as a third baseman. He might be in there as a first baseman. Brooks Robinson. Brooks Robinson. The For Brooks. sure. Another uh, Brooks I mean, connection. And there's like 269 like position players in the in the Hall of Fame or something like that. Like, yeah. And there's like over 23,000 people. Over 23,000 men have played. <laughs> 23,000 people. Yeah, have played major major league baseball, and only 269 of them are in the Hall of Fame. Wow. And only 18 of them are third base. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. All right. Moving on to chasing the Mendoza line. Um, still closest um, to giving up the chase is Max Muncy. Yeah. Um, L.A. Dodgers. He's actually down two points to 196. So heading in the wrong direction. The slugging's up again. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a lot of home runs. Every time we talk shit about him, he hits a home run the next day. <laughs> He's six of his last 30. Um, that's a 200 average over that span, hey. which is weird. Like, so all these stats are from MLB.com. This is all according to MLB.com. But he's six of his last 30 for 200 average. Some ta- somehow his average went down two points to 196 since our last episode. So I don't know. I don't know. My University of Cincinnati math doesn't really make sense of that. <laughs> but we're not going to worry about it. Um, and then, yeah, his teammate, Miguel Vargas of the LA Dodgers, is also on here. He remains at 195. He is two of his last 15 for a 133 average. Still, his average is 195. I don't get that one either. I don't see how the Dodgers aren't bigger buyers at the trade deadline right now, honestly. Yeah, I mean, they almost had flex seal. I was telling you that they signed this one guy from the Brewers, whatever. Um, yeah, he sucked too, anyway. A, new, a newbie. To uh, chase the Mendoza line this season. A former All-Star. Another former All-Star as well. Byron Buxton of the Minnesota Twins. Oh, man. He's dropped down to 195 because... (laughs) Because? He's three of his last 29 with 14 strikeouts. Yeah. That's a 103 average in that span. Yeah, I, I actually took him in like one of the last rounds of our draft this oh, year right. just to be funny and be like, maybe maybe he'll do something. He's got like 12 or 15 home runs, something like that. Yeah, he's got some dingers. Yeah. yeah, but it's like, dude, what's it worth? I watched his strikeout rate. It's nasty. It's gross. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah. What's funny is he's like one of the last people in the league that I feel like stays in the league because of his defense. He doesn't like- even play defense. No, they're DHing him. He's been DHing because they're still scared that he'll get injured in center field. That's nuts. They're de- they've been, yeah, de- it's been a whole shit show. And some, that's because of the fucking, the AL Central's garbage. <laughs> as a total, as a, as a division, they have like a negative 200 uh, run differential. They do, <laughs> none of them deserve to be in the fucking playoffs. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Sorry to be brutal. <laughs> broad job organization there. So yeah, now we've got four uh, Chase Mendoza line and still um, in the cellar is Kyle Schwarber of the Philadelphia Phillies. He's up one point to 185 um, somehow because he's four of his last 28 for a 143 average. So I don't know how he's up a point. I don't know why he's batting leadoff either. <laughs> like he, he is put in the leadoff situation and it's like what? All of those hits are home runs. It's like a Dusty Baker move. It's the most Dusty Baker shit I've seen. And he <laughs> is fucking 2,000 like two thousand miles away in Houston. Like, what? <laughs> Beating advice over there. Jeez. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to church. Uh, we've got thoughts and prayers. Two thoughts and prayers. First one is uh, Neheim Hines, running back of the Buffalo Bills. He's out for the entire 
uh, NFL season after a jet ski accident. Yep, wasn't playing football. Jeez. Uh, yeah, water sports are tough, man. <laughs> it's a game of inches out there. <laughs> Jesus. All right, so thoughts and prayers to you. Hope you get a nice recovery. Yeah, it's like not the year of running, running backs. backs. It, running, yeah, it's, it sucks. I mean, can't get contracts. Like, yeah, they can't get good contracts. They can't get guaranteed contracts either. And they can't get long contracts, which, I mean, that's, well, that's, you know, kind of marketplace. Yeah, Naheem like, Hines sucks, dude. There's a market for Hines because, like, he actually does have hands. He actually dude, can yeah. catch some passes out of the yeah, backfield. Yeah, sucks. But, yeah, not this year. T's and P's, dude. Yeah, T's and P's. He caught himself an injury. Uh, Switched to canoeing. Thoughts and prayers also to Shaka Hislop. Yeah. Um, former player and current MLS broadcaster just flat out collapsed on the field on Sunday. Yeah, right like right, right in the pregame, right before Real Madrid versus AC Milan, he just, uh, they, you know, they haven't released what the cause was, but they say that he's in stable condition now. But, yeah. Whew. You never know what that is. I remember uh, it was probably like 15 years ago, so I would have been like 25. I collapsed at a Reds game. I woke up in a wheelchair. And I, I still have no idea why. And like, I never, never collapsed since then. I don't know if it was just the heat. So maybe hopefully for him, it was just like a heat stroke or something. And yeah. And it's not like anything major. Yeah. Know, so he is an issue. We saw Cor- Corbin Burns have to like stop in the middle of a game and like he didn't know where oh, he yeah, was. That was why. That was why. the Reds. So yeah. Drink your water. Yeah. yeah. Stay hydrated, y'all. <laughs> and put the bagpipes away. <laughs> all right. We got shampoo. Shampoo. Well, maybe one of our best shampoos of all time, I'll say. Uh, Tom Brady. Shampoo. He is just killing it with the supermodels. <laughs> there's also rumors that he's dating Kim Kardashian. Yeah. And neither like, one of them are denying it. Like, you know, yeah, they're like both like whatever. But uh, Tom Brady has been seen with uh, another swimsuit cover model, uh, Irina, Irina Shake. And so whatever, Tom. Uh, shampoo. Can't hate it. <laughs> so shampoo to Tom Brady. Shampoo. As, as if he even needs our shampoo. Shampoo. <laughs> yeah. Congrats, dude. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our other episodes available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legends of Sportsball. You can also find us on Twitter while it still exists at L Sportsball. X. X. You can also find us on X <laughs> at Hell Sports <laughs> X. <laughs> um, <laughs> make sure to become a member of our Facebook group, The Best and Worst of Sports Twitter, a subsidiary of Trendbook, to join the conversation at Revelant Sport in real time. Tune in Thursday, August 10th, as we induct the Iron Sheik. Thank you once again for listening to Legends of Sports Ball. May the sports be with you. Always.